0: have to speak the truth whatever it is to you whatever you're in this spot um, whatever vibrates in your core you just just say that that's all you have to say how it lands it lands that's not your responsibility how it lands and all it is is for you is just to let it out Mm. you you know it's really funny i used to call the little voice in my head my mistress Um, and it's funny my wife started I never said that out loud to her, but she used to say, you love that more than you love me. You know, I'm like, what are you, this is not even, what are you talking about? But as I went through the whole process of, you know, weeding it all out and going through and asking the tough questions and and having the tough conversations, damn, she was right. I did love that thing. That mistress, that dream. Mm -hmm. She was, she was seductive as hell to me.
1: Welcome to the 1,000 Day Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol, and I spend every waking moment of my life doing the same like right now. Today, our guest is Michael Bojarski. He's been on uh, before. This is his second appearance, and I've welcomed him on because I want to... Look at me, I can't even speak. I'm missing a tooth. Can you see? I'm missing my front tooth. i I'm I can't speak properly. Um, I brought Michael on again because I, I want to celebrate and bring you more of our Strife family onto this show because I know how difficult it is for you, those of you listening who really need help to step forward, get off your seat in the are- in the stands and get into the arena. I know how difficult it is. Some of our Strive support coaches, uh, Michael, one of them, uh, took many years listening to his podcast before they reached out and said, I really need some help. Um, Our job at Strive is to condense that time frame and find a way uh, to urge you to find that confidence and that courage and that vulnerability to actually reach out earlier and quicker. Because everybody who comes to Strive, completes the Strive method and becomes someone that doesn't drink alcohol, and then uh, carries on that journey to live a self-led life. They they do kind of wish they did it earlier, right? Tick-tock, tick-tock, time's always moving on. You know what I mean? Me and Michael talk about that a bit today. So I want to bring these people to you so you can see that they're flesh and blood, that they're human, that they're all in different stages, right? Michael is uh, just over 900 days uh, without having a drink uh, on Strive. But we have people who have been with us for many years who are still drinking, right? And that's okay with us at Strive. So we're going to bring some of those people to you as well, okay? We're not here to tell you that we are the 100% um, success rate place to be. It's not about that. And we don't define ourselves actually on the metric of how many people stop drinking alcohol. Like I continually say here, You can be sober and be a right dick. Um, We want people to grow and evolve. And if that means you have to drink whilst you're growing and evolving, then we're okay with that, right? We are united as strivers to live a self-led life. That is the most important thing, to be checking in every day to making sure we are showing up and being present for those that we love the most. And Michael does that really well. Uh, Michael is from San Francisco, He's been on here before, like I said. Uh, He's married to a beautiful woman called Gina. And he has been with us for a long time now, many years. And he came as somebody who was struggling with alcohol, as you'll hear in this story. Uh, He died uh, as a result of it and was brought back to life. And in the beginning, when Mike joined Strive, I would laugh at him because he would be consistent. He would show up consistently and, and type in the forum there. But he wouldn't say much. I was like, "Like Michael, what are you going to say? When are you going to say something?" Which is incredible today. When you when you hear him, he has so much wisdom to share. And please check out his Substack um, um, articles; they're amazing, right? So please follow him there. He's got a lot to say. Um, and he slowly and surely did the work in the stripe method, and um, grew as part of his community. And now he's a leader. I mean, he's a leader anyway, but he's a leader at Strive. He's one of our Strive support coaches. He runs the regular Wednesday and Thursday night shift here on Zoom um, with with our Strivers and, and showing up and supporting people. People love him, and they they really he's made such a big difference in people's lives, sharing what he's learned along the way. Okay, um, so I hope you enjoyed this conversation uh, with uh, with Mike, and if you want to join and learn from Mike. Then reach out to us at the strive method at gmail.com. Uh, we have, uh, we're on Discord at the moment, which is a community app. It's amazing, it's thriving. There's a free version of that if you want to join. And uh, But if you want to really get in and do the work, do the strive method, uh, get involved in our quests, get online in our group meetings, then we have a subscription service at $99 a month. Okay. And if you're struggling financially, just let me know in the email and we'll see what we can do for you. Okay. So, without further ado, I'll shut the hell up, leave you in the capable hands of Strive Support Coach Michael Pachowski. Michael, 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 did you know that you're one of, you're a rare breed of people, two time guests on the 1000 Day Sober podcast? I, I honestly think in over, you know, close to 400 episodes, I think you, Melanie Joy, and David Burns are the only people who've been on here more than once,
0: I think. Wow, extinguished company. Darn, thank you. I think I had this <laughs> I had this thing, you know, it's like I'm
1: never gonna have the same guest on twice. I had no reason there was no reason behind no logic behind it. It was just something that I kind of stuck with. Ooh. You
0: know what that is? You're to check in.
1: Yeah, that's my to see above if you're line. feeling
0: good.
1: That's my above below the line laugh. Are you <laughs> above the a- line right now? I am. Um, do you know what, Michael? I was feeling a little bit tired. No, I I wasn't. I wasn't above the line. Actually, I was feeling a little bit tired, and I was feeling a little bit of energy downstairs with Liza, where she's also tired, and a little bit of my inner child come out, where it was like, oh. She's unhappy with me because I'm taking up too much time, right? So I I gotta be honest, coming on here, I was a little bit below the line, but now I've seen you and my alarm's gone off. Ah, I feel much better. There you go. I feel much better. So you just had some blood work done. Share, share with the with the audience.
0: (laughs) Well, no, it's actually my uh just past three years from my heart surgery. So I go annual visit and the doctor was actually like, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> <So> that's because <laughs> you make me come here. That's why. But, um, I'm just, he says, your heart's a piece of work, a piece of work, a piece of art. Um, everything's pristine. What are you doing? That's making you so healthy. <laughs> mm. I don't know. You know, I'm not drinking. <laughs> that's one big thing. But, Just, you know, not doing anything stupid, making good choices, you know, getting some, getting good sleep, exercising, eating well, you know, basics of life. Mm. So, but clean bill of health. Okay. I'll see you in a year and that's it. But, you know, when you have such a situation, um, it's stressful going to it, even though I know I'm all right, but you still don't know. like. I have to have this echogram every time I go. And yeah, what if something, they see something different? What if one of the sutures is torn loose? You know, what happens if they have to crack my chest open again? Uh, so until you hear the, oh no, you're like great, it's a little walking on eggshells, nerve wracking. Mm. But hey, I'm good to go for another year. So.
1: And for people who didn't <coughs> listen to Lee Michael version one, just, just give them a, a very. A brief: uh, What happened with your heart, and why are we talking about this as being such an important time?
0: Well, the first time I had a heart issue, um, I was forty-five, and I was—I went to two, two professional sporting events and moved houses in the same weekend. Um, all the while, obviously, a ton of drinking involved, but it seemed okay, no problems. I uh, woke up the Monday morning um, vomiting and not feeling right. And it felt like my chest was, my, my heart was going to explode out of my chest. And I told my wife, You need to call 911. Something's not right. I think I'm having a heart attack. Said, no, you're not. You're not. You're all right. You're all right. Just calm down a minute. No, I'm seriously having something wrong here. She goes, Well, I'll drive you to the hospital. And I said, No, call 911. So <laughs> paramedics showed up. And at the time they showed up, my heart rate was like 240 plus beats a minute, which is like insane. So they, they standing over me and they tell me, okay, we're going to stop your heart for about 20 seconds. Oh, so they told you. Gonna, yeah, they told you, you you're going to die, but we got you. Don't worry about it. What? <laughs> of course, my, my wife's standing there. My kids are standing there and uh, it's just pandemonium. Yeah. So they did that once. It didn't work. It went up. Oh, so we have to do it again. Did it again. Didn't work. It went up again. All right. We have to go to the hospital. <clears throat> and my wife said, We'll take him to this particular hospital. And they said, This just things I remember. We don't have time for that. So, I had to go to the local community hospital. So, <clears throat> I remember looking out of the back of the ambulance as we're going, and there's traffic everywhere at the time. That's pre COVID, obviously. Mm. And uh, where I live, a lot of traffic. So, they're driving on like the shoulder into the bushes to get me to this hospital. And they had to s- try to stop my heart again right there. It didn't work. So they got me to the hospital. They stopped it again. And uh, I don't know, 48 hours I was released. They blamed it on the alcohol, actually. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. But lo and behold, when I went to see the cardiologist afterwards, I had a defective heart valve. Mm-hmm. So they said, we'll just watch it. Well, in the meantime, I started getting we're sick with a few different things. I had to go on disability. Then I get a new cardiologist because mine retired. He says, you know, if this doesn't look right, I think it's the cause of your problems. We want to do open heart surgery. I said, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. Finally. I said, yes. Like two months later, um, I woke up after the surgery, uh, the first time in my life that I can recall where I didn't feel like, God, there's something not right. I just don't feel right. It was like anxiety, but it wasn't anxiety. And I knew my situation was solved, gone, good. Mm. Um, here I am. So, I mean, the surgery was just three years ago. So I waited all that time, like 10 years or so before I had the surgery. And here I am. I'm leading a new life.
1: When you was uh, when you was in an ambulance, did you, did you think you was going to die?
0: Yes. And the funny thing about it was I was okay with it. <laughs> you know what i didn't see any white lights no long tunnels gray mm. <laughs> everything was i remember okay we're doing it everything just got gray but uh, i'll tell you something the the peacefulness of it was something you i i can't even describe put into words um it, it, it is just so it's like it's the best feeling in the world. And it's like, all right, well, if this is how it feels, this is all right. I'm good with it. Mm. And the next thing I know, I was waking up again and laying in a hospital emergency room.
1: Wow. Super scary, right? Yeah. And so I always, talk about go on, go on, sorry.
0: No, that's all right, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, talk about um, you know, they they blame it on the alcohol, but um, you know. Alcohol is just in there with a mix of a, a lot of other things that is going on at the same time. And each of them kind of, they buddy up with each other, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: Yeah, and, they teamed <laughs> up on me. Yeah, I, I, I look at it like God just threw down the gauntlet and said, all right, you want to try to play this game? This is what happens when you add this, 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 and this. Bang. I'll give you one shot at this and yeah. see if you come through with this. You come through with this. You better do right by me that's how i look at it it's like so i got my second chance and it's it it means a lot to have a second chance nobody should go through the first opportunity don't waste your first opportunity and have something happen and hopefully you get a second chance. yeah take your yeah. first chance
1: i mean i I, ne- I never had anything like i mean I mean, it happened so long ago that I don't really talk about it that much. But when I got stabbed in Cyprus when I was 18, you know, I could have easily died. I don't have any memories like you do of all the razzmatazz afterwards because I was so drunk. Like I I actually woke up with the stitches already done, acting like an asshole. Um, But it, you know, it's kind of like there's a whole lot of things in that moment that have to change. But you're not even aware of them right you're like you're not aware of them like you 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 might you might wake up one day and think right I gotta stop drinking alcohol but you're not at that moment thinking and I need to fix my marriage and I need to fix the way that I'm talking to people and I need to fix my father wound and my mother wound and it it, it, it and I guess if you did it would be too daunting right like what what was your journey how did you get
0: better uh, so to speak? You know, I, I I came out of it, and, and I was home, and my wife stayed home for a few months from work, um, making sure I was okay. And as soon as she went back to work, I started drinking again, kind of going back into my old pattern. And then that's actually when I joined Strive a couple of months, like right after that. Mm. So that first, I forget what it was called at the time. And then I blew Valentine's Day. <laughs> that year, and the very next day, the February fifteenth, I just said, "You know what? I can't. I can't do this anymore. There's just. There, there's just got to be something better to it." And actually, the whole thing was my little grandson at the time was sitting on my lap, and he turned to me, and he was like molding my face and looking in my eyes, and he said, "Oh, there you are." And that was it that's all I took. And it's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta make right by things. I can't, I can't miss out on these things. And so, yes, there's all those things, you know, that had gone wrong or the, the hurt feelings, the, the I got quite drinking trauma that you end up blaming on other people that you had to correct. And it's been quite a long time now, but you could definitely see the benefits of changing things and it can't happen all at once. You just have to take one thing at a time, one day at a time and, and live above the line. You really do. And I I don't, I've, I've turned from just slowly taking the the step of being aware of the line um, as taught in the strive method to, to not only am I going to be above the line, But if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it to the best of my possible ability. I'm just striving for excellence. That's like my mantra Mm -hmm. right now. Just strive for excellence in everything I do, no matter what it is, you know. Um, So that's what I'm doing.
1: And behind every great man, is an even greater woman. You know, you and Gina have been together since (laughs) the year, (laughs) Doc. You know, like, how important is it to have someone like that? behind you when you're going through a tough time,
0: you know? Honestly, I don't know why she's still with me. If it was the roles were reversed, I probably would have gone. Yeah, that just shows what type of woman she is. But uh, she has said that I, you know, I knew who I married. I know who you are and what happened wasn't you. Um, we got to the to the edge of the cliff, but she hung in there long enough, and uh, she's been one to support me throughout this whole whole thing. I mean, every step of the way, it's it's incredible, really. And mm-hmm. I have to commend her for for being that patient and that type of a person to give of herself that much. So now my um, emotional bank was way depleted. So <laughs> I'm really trying to. Build that back up, um, which I think I'm doing successfully so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about this a little bit, because the other day, Gina said to you, oh, Michael, do you know what today is? And you're like, no, I don't know, what's today? And it's like, you're 900 days without having a drink. Um, and, And having that cheerleader in your corner versus some strivers who don't have that, like, it's actually, it's a battle. It's actually a battle with the person they love the most to get them to understand how important this is for them and for them to support them. Well, There's that part, but there's also an element of fear of even approaching them to explain how important this is and ask for support. It's complicated, it's difficult, it's challenging, Um, and you've got her in your corner with her pom-poms. Talk about that a little bit, you know, about the difficulties and challenges that people face.
0: It's really hard, but I think when it all comes down to it, it, it all reflects on who we are or who we want to be, you know honor ourselves now, if I found myself if you find yourself in the position that that I'm in or we're in or the people in strive are in, you know we're here for a reason, and that's to change the way we're living life, and if you've <laughs> if you can't talk to the person that you love the most and supposedly loves you the most, and that's who you're with, you can't do that. I don't know. That isn't out of big question mark. And it's in of itself. Mm -hmm. And maybe that, that has to be one of the first things you change. How can you, how can you go to your supposed partner and go, I think I drink too much and I need to change this you know, we need to talk, you know, talk about this and then go, I don't want to have no part of it. what, how, what are you supposed to do? Mm. If, if, if the person who is most special to you abandoned you like that, how can you, how can you move forward? That has to be, I can't imagine the people that can't even broach the subject and have the conversation. How are you supposed to make yourself better if you can't trust that person to do this? Mm. Why wouldn't they want you to do this? Well, most likely because they're drinking too. And oh no, what's gonna happen to the relationship? Well where where's your priorities gonna lie? Where are you gonna who do you wanna be? What do you want from this life? You have to make the choice. Mm, I
1: think that I think that actually sometimes for some couples, it's easier for the person who wants to be a non-drinker to villainize and blame and judge their partner as in a way that prevents them from even having the difficult conversation. It's like a get out of jail. It's like the person knows that they need to have this really uncomfortable conversation. They, they don't have the skills or the fortitude or the vulnerability to go there. So they, they, they make up a story that if they did, they wouldn't get that support. And then that allows them to not go there. Where I think most times, if you can communicate effectively, and you might not get it right the first time, right? Because we're not all taught to communicate effectively, your partner will pretty much step up for you because you, you know, you you saw something in you that drew you together, right? Like
0: you just had to, you just have to speak the truth, whatever it is to you, whatever you're in this spot, uh, whatever vibrates in your core. You just, just say that. That's all Mm -hmm. you have to say. How it lands, it lands. That's not your responsibility, how it lands. Mm And all it is is for you is just to let it out. Mm -hmm. You, you know, it's really funny. I used to call the little voice in my head, my mistress. Um, And it's funny. My wife started, I never said that out loud to her, but she, she used to say, you love that more than you love me. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you, this is not even, what are you talking about? But as I I went through the whole process of, you know, weeding it all out and going through and asking the tough questions and and having the tough conversations, damn, she was right. I did love that thing. That mistress, that drink, Mm -hmm. she was, she was seductive as hell to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I wanted her (laughs) and, uh, Try having that conversation with your wife that you had to talk about this habit, like she's a you're having an affair with something, somebody else. But it's a drink. It's kind of stupid, <laughs> really. Well, <laughs> really I, I mean, <laughs> this this is this is what
1: this is what we are striving for, though. It strives really, isn't it? Is to is to be able to have those conversations, you know, and and to be able to have enough strength and confidence in your relationship. To just be truthful, even if you have to speak the truth that, I don't know, maybe there's something, maybe your partner's not stepping up and he's not providing you with the love you need. You need to be able to step up and tell them without the fear that
0: your relationship is going to explode or something. You know, it's like... The hardest uh, thing we have to do, I think, is have a tough conversations with the ones closest to us. Yeah. Everything else in life is really pretty easy compared to that because we don't want to hurt them. We don't want to lose them. We don't want to get hurt. You know, so the cross, cross that Rubicon, everybody's using that term right now, crossing that Rubicon is huge. But once you do that, I think you're going to find a more courageous you somewhere in there Mm -hmm. and it'll just lead to more bigger and better things.
1: It's almost like practice, right? It's like one of the things I like about Strive, like if we just pick on, um, let's just pick on like a random Striver whose partner is not a part of Strive. And he or she is really struggling with the idea of being vulnerable and open with their partner. Whilst they are struggling with that, they're on strive and and we are challenging them and participating with them and asking them questions, Which and and just leading by being vulnerable ourselves. And they're practicing that art. So they might not have gone to their partner yet, but they're still on strive for the first time, actually sharing, hey... um, I don't have a good relationship with my teenage daughter and I don't know what to do about it. Hey, I'm terrified if I stop drinking, my husband will leave me because it's the only thing we got in common. Like that practice is really important because I don't know about you when I grew up. Um, it wasn't really encouraged and it wasn't something that really happened. It was almost like the conversation that went on in life. It was it was almost like Matrix, like it was fake. It was like <laughs> it was like fake, but everyone was okay that it was fake. And if anyone yeah, dared, to actually, yeah, and if anybody dared to be authentic, it's almost like you know, you know, the American Wolf in London when you walk in, and their backpack is walked into the the lambs or the the, the the whatever, and the 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 dar- <laughs> misses the dartboard, and everybody just stops and looks at them. It's almost like that when you just say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Oh, um. Actually, I'm really struggling at the moment with my masculinity.
0: Ah! Oh, okay. What's your do
1: last night? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Not very many people want to go there. They don't, they don't want to touch on themselves. I don't know. I, I just I think it's really good how in, in Strive we can bounce things off each other. I think there's a lot of seed planting from the people who've been successful, to the people who are struggling and and moving through the process. Um, And you can see it as they go through, you can see the growth. I mean, it's obvious and and their, and their courage coming up. And even, um, well, I'll start with, I'll use myself an example. You used to always rag on me about, come on, you got to have, you have to say more than this. Well, when I was typing in the assignment, (laughs) come on, there's something else. What, what are these two sentences? Come on, get into it. And then once you start getting into it, also it's like, wow, that's the person we want to talk to. That's who that's, this is what it's all about. And I think I, and it's really been, especially recent. I mean, people are pumping out like good stuff right now. There's so many good conversations going on Mm. about people's lives and their, their, their challenges. And everybody's, you know, bouncing the ideas and they're practicing. I just finished uh, reading a book. I think it's five, five steps ahead, five moves ahead. I think it's called, but you know, it's a business book, but it's about, you know, being ahead of the game. And, you know, before you go in presentation stuff, role play it, practice it, Mm -hmm. think about it, you know, get in the other people's heads. What are they going to be thinking? You know, and I, I think if, you know, well, before you go have these tough conversations with your, um, dear others, you know, think about if, if you were them and you were about to say this, what would your reaction be? Right. What are you mm-hmm. going to say if your partner came up to you and, and laid something out like this to you, you know, and run through all those things and, and have your own discussion with those things that you're answering, write them all out. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it'll build it up and, and you'll, you'll get better at it.
1: I, you know, I. If, the, if there was one if there was one area of strive where i would like to see more of an improvement it would be in that area and there's a there's a there's sometimes sometimes i have to go in there and, and kick people up in the arse, kick people in the ass ar- like to go do stuff and then when i'm what part of that is practicing right so like i you know as you know i'm creating quests at the moment right and and today I created a really, what I think is a really challenging quest, which is the clearing conversation quest, right? Which is, which I'm saying to people, look, what's on your mind? Like what's the unspoken truth? What's the fight that you've never really dealt with? What's the integrity where you stepped out of line that you've not put back together again? What's Who is that person you've got to have that conversation with? Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Is it your wife? Is it your boss? Is it your best mate, right? Go have that conversation. So that's a quest. That's a challenge that I've given strivers. But I put a big caveat in there and said, but before you do it, I'm advocating that you really practice this in strive. Because what what tends to happen if you don't practice these things is you get caught up in the whole, oh, Michael's just had this conversation and said it really worked for him. I must go try it as well. And then you go in it and like like anything, you, you've got your Bambi legs on. You don't quite nail it like you want to. And of course, you're dealing in that moment with your partner, let's just say, for use an example, or your boss. Their inner child now gets activated because you you probably haven't led with the, the right amount of compassion and empathy. They then kind of like try to shut you down and your resistance just steps in, right, and says... I knew this was a bad idea. Lee's fucking yeah. because He doesn't know what he's on about. i never do this again. But if you just say to yourself, actually, I'm going to practice this 10 times with different people on strive until I nail it. And then I go and have this conversation with my husband. They'll feel so much better, so much better, you know?
0: Yeah. You can't just jump in. Oh yeah. I'm just going to just, you know, throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks type approach to it. You have to, you really have to think it through because I think, especially people in this group, if they uh, go and do that and they get shot down, because well, nine, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to get shot right back at really fast. I, I, I and, agree. And that, that could, you know what? That's going to be a trigger, right? And you have I, to be- I, I
1: think, you know, I'm thinking about the word fragility. There, there, there's yeah. a fragility there. And, and I think our job at Strive is to harden them a little bit more to go into the arena- rather than going in there because that fragility is enough for resistance to turn them off. And and we Mm -hmm. might not see them for another six to 12 months.
0: You know, you have to understand. And I just actually wrote this on somebody's uh, homework assignment this morning that the challenge of being a person who's alcohol free and living life as it is being in, in the real thing is a challenge. It's extremely challenging, mm. but the joy it is in doing the challenge. Mm. It, that's yes, the, that's the thing. that It's not the end result. I mean, a lot of people in, in Strive will say, oh, you guys, you're just lucky because you just decided and it was so easy for you to do it. That's the biggest thing like I get from people. Mm. Well, it was mm. just so easy for you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it, it sure the hell wasn't. But, you know, everybody's talk about problems you notice everything is a problem. Mm. You know, they got this problem, that problem. They're not problems. There's no such thing as a problem. It's a challenge. Just mm. take the word problem out. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to talk to your partner. Okay. what? Not why? What makes it a challenge to talk to your partner? Oh, that's all it is. It's something to be solved. And if you start looking at life as, you want it to go as as possible as a series of challenges because everybody's going to get them. We're all the same in that back. And it's just something. Okay. I have to sit here and think a minute about it. Oh, okay. And go forward. Mm -hmm. You'll just jump right over it, but you can't do it. And I also said in this thing, you can't get up in the morning, put on the strongest pair of glasses that makes you go like this and walk out your door and expect everything to end up. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're going to walk into a few things. You're going to trip over a curb. You're going to get hit by a car. You need to take off those glasses and be clear. Put on a better pair of glasses and see things. And it's just overcoming little things. They're really little when you Mm -hmm. think about it. When you sit down and think about it, they're little. Yeah. uh,
1: Let me look at my Kindle a second. There's a book. Um. That really covers what you just said really beautifully. It's called "A Beautiful Constraint" by Adam Morgan, um, and the book basically is he talks about how people people's progress in life is always impeded by constraints, right? Which allows our resistance to keep us on a path of these resistance because it, a resistance. Our parts, our ego, our fretted ego, it loves constraints because it's like, oh, okay, there's a constraint. I I can't go beyond that. I'm just going to have a cup of tea and, and watch Netflix. The book, A Beautiful Constraint, is like, like you said, view every constraint as a puzzle. Like, oh, wow, I'm really not happy with my wife right now. I have so much contempt for her. That's an interesting challenge I need to solve because. I actually don't want to have contempt. I want to have love. What do I need to do to fix that? And then some people like me and you, we then lean into that and get excited and enthralled and infused and go down there. Some other people, they think about that and they don't have that same kind of like spunk, right? That it's, <clears throat> they have nervousness and anxiety and it feels like a threat um, and I guess, one of the ways of flipping this is spending more time with people like you who, who views constraints in a different way because it will eventually rub off on the person who's hanging around with you. They'll be like, hey, Michael's not getting stopped here, right? Like, yeah, Michael's not letting right. this stop him. What's going on for me, right? And then hopefully they reach out and they say, hey, can somebody help me with this? I'm really struggling with you know? So, yeah,
0: it, it's, it's all, it's all work. The dirty word work, you know, uh, everybody, I don't know. It seems to me, I, I write about this on my two newsletters that I have going right now in Substack, by the way, um, that I would never have done that. If I were, it was really funny growing up. My best friend was a journalist, a sports writer, right? Wrote, he, he introduced me to like Carlos Castaneda and all these weird things to read and stuff. and. It turns out now I'm writing and I would have never thought I'd be the guy to be writing, but it is like, it's a great thing to freaking do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and as I'm writing to be a writer, you have to read, you know, you have to read like so much. And I'm so, but it's, it gets so much easier, but you know, I've come across so many things as you are what you read. So what are you reading? So it makes you really look, what am I reading? what am I trying to get, get out of what I'm reading? You know, I, my, all the books I have are just like, there's so many notes in them. You can hardly read them. Uh, I switched into Kindle things to get the Kindle notes thing and they all pop up on one screen. That's really great. I love that. Yeah. But it gives you, it doesn't take much to find Some knowledge that you just need. If you feel like you're missing, you can sit down and go. I think I'm I'm missing something. Well, let's go find a book. Let's do a Google search. There's all kinds of things where you could pick up things, you know, and then start doing. You could think, you could read, you could talk, but you have to act. You have to put that foot forward, and you have to act. We all talk. We all dream. um, We all think but very few of us act. Mm-hmm. And that's what separates the, I think most successful people in life versus everybody else. It's just because you acted instead mm-hmm. of just thought about it, read about it, talked about it and sat on your couch. Just get up and act. What What's the worst thing that can happen with anything that you do? Really? You're going to mm-hmm. get a rejection. I mean, I've been, I was in sales my whole life prior to this, what are you gonna get rejected oh, oh well so what And no there's like eight billion people in the world not everybody's gonna say yes to you i mean it's yeah. a, we go through life thinking everybody's supposed to like us and love us and not treat us bad and say yes to everything or every whim and wish it's, really seriously you really think that hmm. that's it, not life we have to just do it. And so who are we going to do it for? Are we going to do it for all those people who are looking to get the yes from, or are we going to do it for ourselves? That's my great big light bulb moment. in all of this is, is I want to live life that I was given. This is a gift. Your life is a gift. You know, don't put it in the closet with the other toys, you know, play with this one mm-hmm. best as you can play with it. Yeah, you're going to scrape an, an, a knee, bump an elbow, and get a knot on your head and have somebody yell at you when you're going to cry once in a while. But that's life. And that's the joy of life. And to feel it. You know what? What's wrong with feeling sad? Can somebody tell me what's wrong with feeling sad? There's nothing wrong with feeling sad. It's just feeling. And guess what? Tomorrow, you probably won't feel sad, or in a week, you won't feel sad. Just same as happy. If I'm feeling happy today, it's going to be gone in five minutes, right? <laughs> it's fleeting. Everything, it just comes. So you got look at all these things that are coming at you, you know, embrace them all mm. because you're human. You're not a robot. You're not a machine. You're a living, breathing, feeling, emotional human being. Why do we want to numb it? I don't understand that. Now I understand it. I didn't understand or I didn't understand. Now I understand it. Yeah. Why do I want to numb, numb away things? Or why do I have to numb away a feeling that I have? Meeting friends. I'm going to go meet friends. We're supposed to be my best friends and to hang out with and have fun to find joy. But I got a drink to do it? Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm numbing that feeling. And yeah, then we yeah, say it's stuff it's, that we don't. No. we don't even remember the next day.
1: You can't numb. You can't numb the anxiety without numbing the joy and the excitement and connection. Exactly. You're just numbing
0: your life. Why do we want to numb our life? Before you know it, you're going to be dead, and then you're going to really be numb. Ah. Right. So,
1: becoming ambivalent around our alcohol use is confusing, uncomfortable, and downright terrifying alcohol is so embedded in our life that we can't imagine our life without it and at strive we get that so why not take one step at a time starting with diving deep into our book the strive method control alcohol for 30 days before it controls you for the next 30 years head over to www.thestrivemethod.com to purchase and receive a santa sack full of freebies today i love what you said there because it what we're trying to promote at strive is much more than stopping drinking, right? It's, it's really this line awareness thing. It's like, where are we? Like, are we, I've stopped drinking now, but am I still kicking the cat shouting at my wife, blaming COVID that I've got no work moaning at my mom because she doesn't love me? Or am I like above the line in a state of consciousness being like, Oh, that's curious. I keep kicking the cat. Oh, that's interesting that I'm pining for my mum's love. Like, what can I do about it? And, you know, will like, give you an example. Yesterday, I took a bus from town and I've been reading this uh, great set of um, fantasy novels called, um, it's, about, it's about an assassin. And um, there was a scene in it of love, Right. And I'm on the bus and reading it. And I'm just about to get off my stop, actually. Um, and, I, and I feel sadness. Like, I feel it coming up, right? Um, and I know because of my awareness that it's there, because I practice it. I know my sadness. And I just let it rip, right? So I just start crying. Now, there would have been a, would have been a time in the past where I would have kept that down. I'd be like, I'm on a bus like there's no fucking way I'm gonna cry. <laughs> what? <laughs> and
0: I'm
1: not. I'm not. I'm not bawling, right? But so I'm like, oh, I need to cry. So I, I, I cry. Uh, I press the button to stop the bus. I'm kind of wiping my tears as I'm walking down the bus. I get off, and then I cry on the way home. Again, not immediately, but I just let it go. And then by the time I get home, I just give myself a shake, you know. And as I've learned through Carla McLaren, a former guest on on the Month House Day uh, on this podcast. No, calm, calm. Sadness is—it's it, flow. It, it's telling that you you're blocked. That you need to release something. And and I'm and I know that it wasn't the scene that that made me sad. The scene activated the sadness in me and said, "Lee, you got to shift this." And and I know there are other things going on in my life that have been troubling me. It was just this book was like the kick that I needed. Lee, you got to have a good cry, brother. And I felt so much better afterwards. That's a beautiful
0: thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you felt sad. <gasps> happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. It's perspective. It, it is. It is all perspective.
1: Well, so many emotions are um, like, think about it. Once I, once I'm sad, then I can become deliriously happy when I'm afraid and excited. They're kind of, once you get away, you're like, hang on a minute. Excitement feels like fear. <laughs> like, how does that work? I thought they were different, yeah. but they're kind of not. Um, and then, you know, one thing that I just want to stress to everybody listening here is um, is to just ask yourself right now in this moment, just ask yourself, what have I been through up to this moment? What, what have been the moments where I've really suffered? Did I, was I bitten by a dog when I was younger? Um, did I get fired? Did I get my heart broken because the person I love wasn't interested in me? Did I get beaten the shit out of? Was I was I raped? Uh, was I nearly killed? Was I mugged? Um, did I did I get into so much debt that I couldn't survive? Right, whatever, whatever it is, you're here today. Like you, you, you got through it. Like your 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 skin suit, your body, that you're feeling, everything about you, even though it is definitely not perfect suffered and you dealt with it and now you're saying to yourself well i can't stop drinking alcohol today because it's too hard
0: it's baffling I, it, things that happens, it's like oh this happened to me that happened to me okay it did well you're sitting here right now we're having a conversation right you're doing all right. Well, I feel like this. I have to drink because, well, no, you know, <laughs> you survived and, we, and you will continue to survive. You will continue to do things.
1: Yes. It, there's the no, world. there's no, there's no different. Like, let's say, um, somebody's feeling overwhelmed tonight because they had a fight with their husband and he's due home in an hour and they're feeling anxious and they're feeling overwhelmed right and they they tell themselves they're gonna drink and and they're gonna they're not drinking because the husband's coming on they're drinking to numb the anxiety and overwhelm right Mm-mm. well the way i see life is there's not there's not categories of overwhelm and anxiety so when we pull ourselves apart and dissect our feelings there's not an anxiety over here that is ang- anxiety when my I fight with my husband, and then underneath anxiety when I screw up in work, and then underneath anxiety when I feel fat. There's just anxiety.
0: Just There's anxiety. There's just
1: overwhelm, and we we experience it on a on a daily basis. A, a good example is, and I'll and I'll shut up and let you talk for a bit. My, I'm, gee, I'm, guiding Liza, to uh, Zia, to sleep on her own, right? So she said to me, so I'm sitting outside the door, and she said to me, I don't like being alone, Dad. I'm I'm, I'm really afraid of being alone. And I went in the room and I said, hey, Zia, you know when you want to poo, right? You always say, work for poo, (laughs) give me my book, shut the door, nobody come in. Okay, right? You're alone, right? When when you want to read and you don't want people bugging you, you go in your bedroom and you shut the door and you're alone. When you, when you want your humping time, you go into your bedroom and you do your thing and you're alone. You don't want anyone coming in. You're fine being alone because you're alone all the time. Right now you're alone. Oh, yeah. But I'm afraid of the dark. Okay, well, we'll put a lamp on. Right. It's just, yeah, it's just... Broadening your thinking a little bit, right, and allowing to changing your paradigm, which is super fixed, super comfortable,
0: super safe, right? It's a, a, the sleeping thing, my son, <laughs> I couldn't get. He would never sleep in his room. I literally, we had to tie doorknobs together with ropes to keep the door. Because he, this kid, would jump out of his crib and fling open doors and come running. Ah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and he just always come running in our bed, like. Constantly, constantly, it was a couple, couple, three, four years old. Even we still doing it. We couldn't break him out of habit. My wife was exasperated, so he goes to the doctor and says, "He always wants to sleep with us. We can't keep him to sleep in his room." And the doctor just didn't even bat an eyelash. Trust me, by the time he reaches high school, he will not be in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shift in perspective. Yeah, duh. I mean, this is, and, and honestly, when you think about it. Oh, you only get the trust me i know this for a fact you only get to the hold them for so long <laughs> yeah for long they're they, you're begging them to like give you a hug no mike is a kind of they're like oh, type. they're like my wife all touchy-feelys so but yeah you want that you know it's well that, that that's bu-
1: that's beautiful what you say there because that's that's again if we if we use what we're working on in strive. in and we're not we're not think about it, we're not talking about quitting drinking here we're talking about the kid won't sleep i am making the kid a villain i'm a victim because i can't sleep because this kid's in my room and now i'm blaming and judging this child we're completely below the line in the drama triangle completely um, autonomic nervous system in sympathetic nervous system state you are much more likely to drink, right? Now, if you do what you said and then say to yourself, okay, let's change the paradigm here, right? How can we flip this completely? And then you say to yourself, okay, so let's come from a place of compassion, which is above the line thinking, this kid is terrified. She's my daughter and it's my sole responsibility to keep her safe. And right now she's really terrified. And I actually love holding her and at some point in my life i'm not going to be able to because she won't be here right so can i generate some appreciation and gratitude around that right and can i be patient and can i have a bit of of humor (laughs) around this right now all of a sudden now you're elevating above the line now and this is the important bit when you then take that girl to bed from from above the line. She is more likely to sleep because you're above the line because she's picking up on that conduit of energy. You're below the line, and you tried taking her to bed. She's below tension. the line with you. Tension. Just tension. You know, I'm not and not the good tension,
0: right? No, not good tension. <laughs> mm. No, no, not at all. It's got to, sometimes we just have to pause for a second, take a deep breath, just pause and feel it for what it is. And just You know, think about, the. we always, we do everything from our perspective. If we would just pause for a second and think about the other person's perspective in life, you know, things will turn out a lot better. Because if you're constantly doing that, I mean, if you're doing that all the time, you're way above the line. I mean, you're way above the the line. And everybody around you is going to sense that. Oh yeah, And everybody oh, yeah. around you is going to act accordingly. Mm. It just starts happening. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Me being this person who's alcohol free, who doesn't have the mood swings, who isn't the gibbering idiot. Um, the amount Gina told me to be humble and try to be humble. Will you please be humble on this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, respect is the best word I can give the amount of respect and the people that are actually turning to me, um, for things is quite amazing. And I'm actually enjoying it. Mm. You know, a lot of people could get overwhelmed with people, uh, um, coming to them for what's going on. Like in the family discussions now when everybody's together and like, everybody's, ah, My, my daughter's a big one for this. She'll turn to me and go, okay, I need a level approach to this dad. Can I have your opinion on it? Mm-hmm. She's coming to me mm-hmm. for a level opinion. Now, knowing the dynamics of going back and through all the turmoil of the drinking years, that's a quite an accomplishment. I'm extremely proud of myself that my daughter actually is turning to me for a level headed opinion. Oh mm-hmm. my God, what have I done? Who have mm-hmm. I become? Mm-hmm. I mean, Thank now, you, Mr. baby. Now on on <laughs>
1: that on that, Michael. Do you know when do you know when people talk about the the uh, the unicorns and the rainbows of stopping drinking, and they're like, I, I don't I don't feel it. That's it. What mm. you just said right there, my daughter came to me and and trusted me and respected me to give her an opinion. That's the goal of stopping drinking alcohol, in my
0: opinion. Exactly. It's not. It's yeah. That's how you become a different person. You just become you it's the whole um what is it the worm to the caterpillar to the cocoon to the butterfly yeah it, it, it's a co- if you don't think you could have a metamorphosis in your life you're just cheating yourself you know i just picked up i saved it i haven't read it yet it was like um cuz one of the things i'm doing is about uh people hitting you know midlife you know and especially with the way the work world is and covid and shit now we've had a chance to like reevaluate our lives, seriously, mm. reevaluate our lives. It's been forced on us to reevaluate. Well, it's not a midlife crisis, it's a midlife opportunity. Mm. You could all of a sudden do a 180 and completely change who you are, and everybody's going to roll with it because of what's happened in the world
1: yeah, we have more ex- we have more <laughs> we have more excuses. We, more, have, we have more a- leverage
0: and no, no, more latitude more leverage yeah. more latitude, more mm. opportunity mm. to restructure our lives than has come before us without you know drafts and wars and calamities and, and even though COVID is a calamity, but it's given us opportunity to change our, our perspectives. Mm. And we should all be latching onto that hard right now and, and changing uh, ourselves. Forget about changing the world, just change yourselves. And the best way to do that really is to live just above the line to mm. start a little bit, mm. just start by realizing when you go below it and you, everybody knows you, you can go into this big, long explanation about above or below the line, but you know, when you're below the line, you know, the feeling in your stomach when you're below the line. Mm. So if you just, Just keep checking yourself when you start dipping and try to raise yourself back over. Pretty soon, you're not thinking about it. It's like any other habit. You're not thinking about it as much, Mm. and you're just doing it continually. And all of a sudden, your world becomes better, which means somebody else in the world around you, right close to you, their world's going to start changing a little bit because they're going to start noticing, and they're going to start subliminal changing their habits. And all of a sudden, it just keeps spreading. And before you know it, if everybody's doing this, bam, the world's a better place.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's different layers to it as well, isn't there? You know, like you said earlier on that right now, the thing that you've got your bit between your teeth is personal excellence. Like, I want to keep going and and doing the best that I can at the things that I'm doing, right? I mean, I think about that with um, about wanting to be above the line. Like, there, there are moments when it's clear, like, I, I'm clearly... A below the line, right? I just shouting, we're, we're human. We're
0: human. We're going to have a below
1: the line Well, just just to tell people, like you know, my understanding and learning from it from the conscious leadership group is human beings are biologically and neurologically programmed to come from below the line, right? Like it's it's like that's our natural setting. So what what we're asking people to do is unnatural. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't do it. Right. But there's different there's different gradations. So it's like, I just kicked the cat. So I kind of know that I'm below the line because I'm angry. Right. You may call that level one. But then when you when you stop kicking a cat, because you've raised your awareness a little bit, now you can go into the nuance. Now you can push at the edges. And now you can be like, oh, and this is where critical thinking, deeper thinking and philosophical thinking and reading things like Stela likes reading the Stoics and stuff like that, other people's thoughts and opinions, you start going, oh, okay, well, I think I'm above the line, but am I really? You know, now that's just a different layer,
0: right? So I've noticed, for example, Mike, that- How about this? Instead of the world challenging you, you start challenging yourself.
1: Yes, yes. And and don't let people shut you down for doing that, right? No. Because they're, they're just-, they're just Project they don't want to do it, they yeah, don't want to work. They're projecting a little bit of fear there. You know, like I found that if I'm doing something when my alarm goes, so for people listening, what we encourage us to drive more important than stopping drinking is line awareness checks. Why have checks? Because you you're not used to checking, right? So my alarm goes off every two hours, and when it goes off, it's a reminder because I'm a work in progress, right? It's a reminder, Lee. Checking with yourself to see if you're behaving above the line or below the line. Now I've noticed when I'm doing something, when I'm in, when I'm doing something, I'm typically in a state of flow because I'm very fortunate that the things I do are aligned to my meaning and purpose, right? I'm very fortunate in that regard. So when I'm doing something, I'm in a state of flow and I'm typically above the line. When I'm below the line is when I'm not doing anything. And what will happen is my, my thoughts, will go towards the fact that I've got nowhere to live on Saturday. My thoughts will go towards the fact that we were just turned down for a rental opportunity because our credit weren't great. My thoughts will go to my trip in Cyprus in two weeks and start worrying that I haven't got my shit together, right? Now, that alarm allows me to go, holy shit, I'm I'm time traveling and I'm actually below the line because I'm being a victim in these different areas how can the opposite be true? And this is what I've been practicing lately. It's been amazing for me. How can the opposite be true? Right? So it's kind of like, oh, I didn't get the property, but that's a good thing because that property went for me. Oh, I am going to Cyprus. And that's a good thing that I'm nervous. And I'm going to have a really amazing, beautiful time there. Right? So all of a sudden I feel my energy shift. I smile. I'm more uplifted. And then I, I walk downstairs and I bump into Liza and I, I've got a different energy, right? So like, that's what we're working on. I, I, that's what I'm trying to encourage everybody to do. I think it's super, super, much more less than, oh, my alarm's gone off. Yeah, I'm okay. I feel cool. I feel above alarm. <laughs> it like, just, just doesn't go, work like that. Go a little bit deeper, right? Go a little bit deeper and, and ask people to give you feedback. What do you think about me? How am I behaving? you know
0: yeah exactly and i you know you know you know how your acting is affecting other people you can see it in their faces you can feel it in the vibration you can just feel it and the better ones of us will see that and in those moments i say this on a zoom call this is my thing on the zoom calls is Pause was the first thing, you know, just pause for a second. But like, I came across something where just take that deep breath and just say to yourself, I transcend this, mm, I, I transcend this. Mm. And I swear when you do it, just, and then you're able to just, it's like clears everything out. And you just like, all right. And automatically you'll feel your, you'll feel your vibrational rate. I hate using this, but it's like that your energy shifts. Mm. And then your train of thought shifts and things get better. And another thing about, you know, all these things that we worry about, we can't live tomorrow. We can't live yesterday. We can only live today. Uh, We can't worry about, oh, a thousand days is so long. I can't do that. Or I can't drink. drink, No, have a drink forever. You might not be alive forever yeah I mean, what are you worried about forever? Worry about today. Mm-hmm. All you have is today. Today might not tomorrow might not be here. It just won't. And the universe always doesn't work on our timetables. A lot of reasons, people get frustrated and say there's a problem or issues that, oh, I'm going to do this, this and this, but they don't happen right away. Just step back do what you can do, what you can control in those situations. And that's all leave it, leave it to the universe. The universe works in strange, funny ways. It might not be just your time for this one or no, that one wasn't right for you. Like you said, Mm. something better is going to open up. Just watch. You just have to patience Mm. and just be patient with life. You can't force. There's a great book. I don't know if you've ever read. It's called power versus force. Uh,
1: I've read snippets of it from a library, but not all of it, but it is it, 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 come up a
0: lot. Yeah. But there's a, I mean, the difference. Most people think, Oh yeah. Force. Mm, yeah. No power. Power is very quiet. Mm. Force is very loud really. Right. Mm. When you think about situations, when you, when you really pushing something, you're trying to force something. It's not going to happen, but patience, patience is power. Right? And if you practice that, watch what happens. Just simply, mm. It's amazing what can happen if you're patient. Patient, oh Michael.
1: You know, for for everybody listening to this right now, whether you're running, whether you're in the car, whatever you're doing, uh, pottering around in the kitchen, or whatever, <clears throat> just stop a minute, right? Like, just stop running, just stop doing what you're doing. A second, um, and I know you've all got lots of problems and challenges. Like, I'm, I'm freaking homeless at the moment, right? Like, So yeah, it gets um, it comes on my mind sometimes that I need to find somewhere to live. But right now, in this moment in time, ask yourself, do those problems exist? You, you, you could be a million pound in debt, but right now, does that problem exist for you listening to this podcast right now? Right, It might to somebody who's in poverty in Africa or somebody who's not listening to this podcast. But right now, the fact that I've got nowhere to live on Saturday is Saturday. Right now, I've got somewhere to live. And do you know what's going to happen Saturday? I'll have somewhere to live because I would have found somewhere. So... All of our problems and our issues and our worries and our concerns, right now in this moment, check in with yourself. Do they exist? They don't. It's the perception and the thought that is creating all your pain and misery. It's not actually what's going on right now. I doubt you many of do. are battered right now while you're listening to it. Otherwise, you to eat do right
0: actually, now. you do actually create your own world. I mean, just by thinking about it, as soon as you think about it, you're creating it, right? <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. if you're thinking about misery, you're you're gonna be miserable. If you're thinking about happiness, you're gonna be happy.
1: Yeah. If you're yeah. thinking about I, your
0: debt, you're drowning in debt. That, if you're that's, feeling so, if you're feeling gracious, you're feeling gratitude. You're rich.
1: Yeah. That's that's the question I I ask all my clients. You know, it's like they'll they'll come to me one on one and they'll say, "My wife's a super bitch." She hates me. She not giving me any sex. She just keeps bad mouthing me. She punched me in the eye yesterday. She robbed my piggy bank. And I'll be like, how are you creating all that? Like how, it's your life, it's your story, you, you cast her in this role. You put her in your life. You gave her the script. You told her what to do. You told her how to behave. You got total control of this. Why, why did you do that? And, and it stops people because they're like, "Holy shit, I'm creating Holy this. Because shit, I need. Right. To, I I need to learn. I I have a I have a, a five year old who won't sleep on her own, and I created her and put her in this world because I need to learn patience, and I need <laughs> to learn compassion and love. Look
0: for your lessons and things. <laughs> yeah, look, for, look yeah. for what you're. Oh, it's a problem. Damn it! Ah, well, there's a lesson in there for you somewhere. Yes. What yes. is it? What is yeah. it?
1: Um, before I let, before I let you go, I just want to just comment on one more thing that you said, cause it's really important and I, and I, I don't want to let it go. So I'll be really quick. Um, when Michael said about his daughter coming to him, um, to ask him for his level-headed opinion, I just want to just cover this a little bit cause it's really important. Um, imagine when Michael was drinking, people probably did come to him, but he wasn't there. Like they they came to his body. They came to his skin suit. They saw his face and everything. They came to him. But he wasn't there. he 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 was numbed. He was over there somewhere else in a different universe, looking at his body completely out of it. When Michael stopped drinking, he then returned to his body. And then all of a sudden, when people developed the trust because of his energy to go to him, he's there, right? So, that's like super, super important, I think. is just just be aware that when you're drinking and you're numbing out, you are actually alienating yourself from people and
0: creating distrust. Drinking is <clears throat> or any type of escape mechanism. <clears throat> excuse me. It's selfish <clears throat> excuse me, it's selfish. It's selfish. You turn inward and and you hide yourself and everybody knows it everybody can see it yeah you put on the face but they're looking at you like going oh no, you're that guy they are yeah. you know and i never thought i was that guy until i realized that i was that guy um, once you once you eliminate those things you naturally it's funny cuz when you start making this change and you act like <sighs> I had no problem. Everything's fine. I'm just trying to be a normal person like everybody else was being. They don't accept you right away. Mm-hmm. Don't expect them to all come running and hugging you and kissing you and saying, oh, hey, yeah, welcome back. Uh, uh-uh. uh, You're still hands distance, arms distance, and you have to slowly reduce that distance. Um, and then before you know it, you're welcome. And you can feel the connection you're not being selfish anymore. Mm. And, and I think that gives me tingles even talking about it. You're not selfish. Mm. Um, somebody, my brother's wife wrote something on a Facebook post. It was a, a father's thing. And she said, he is the most selfless human being I've ever met. And I, I thought about that for a second and I go, son of a bitch. She's right. He is the most selfless guy. One of the most selfless guys I've ever, actually, if, if, to me, if you, if you put the word in the dictionary, his pictures next to it, he's just that guy. Yeah, He's just selfless with himself. And, you know, he always looked up to me. I always protected him and everything. Even though he's like way bigger than me too. This is funny. Younger, Mm -hmm. bigger. Um, But ever since that comment, I so admire him and look up to him. I haven't told him that yet. I have to do that. Um, But that's been like another goal of mine. I want to live a selfless life. I want to be selfless. I think everybody should be selfless because I think if you're selfless and give up yourself, I think it's true in some of those things. It just comes back at you. It cannot help but come back at you. Yeah. You know, and that's who I want to be. Out of all this, that's all I want to be.
1: Well, you're getting there, Mike. You selflessly gave up your time to come on our podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, you, are yeah, you, you are writing. You are writing. Tell the folks how they can uh, get on your list and read uh, read more of what you
0: your thoughts and your thinking around the life. I have two uh, things on Substack. Um, my name, Michael Bojarski, um, at .substack.com. One of them is Deep River. You can go on Substack and look up Deep River also it's about um, having a conversation with your soul Mm. Um, and it's really about you know listening to that voice within you and trying to 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 go by it you know we shame we feel shame because we do something that goes against that little voice in ourselves right we put that name on it shame i think we need to listen to that a little bit more so i I talk about life just like that. Um, And the other one I just started, it's called Arthur's Way. And it's about leadership. Um, And I'm talking about leadership. You know, most leadership things that I I find are, they're very business oriented. And it's about, you know, goals and profits and, and things and the problems leaders have. Dealing with people, but nobody ever talks about the leaders themselves and the work they put in, um, the emotions they go through and them as a leader, in my mind, especially with all this above the line stuff, a leader has to be so far above the line. Not only does he have to, his, deci- his, his, his goals are only based on how it affects the people that he's in charge of. He has to remember that if he hurts those people in any way, he is not a leader. Mm -hmm. So he has to be, I call them Kings or Queens. I'm using that term of Arthur's way, but because that just epitomizes the very top of leadership, the very Mm -hmm. top, Mm -hmm. not in the monarchical type way, but in a very spiritual do right type of way, even though right could be exasperating and it could hurt ourselves personally. But we know that it's right. And we have we have to. And we have to be willing to take that stand and lead that way and lead other people that way. And a leader has to inspire, first and foremost, inspire people to be their best. Mm. My favorite of both the narrators, commitment to excellence. Mm. It's been there in front of my face my whole life.
1: Hmm.
0: It's been there the whole time. Commitment to excellence. Leadership should be a commitment to excellence and excellence only. And it should inspire people to do the same. That's what I write about.
1: Wow, I feel your feel your uh, your passion in that. So go check that out. Um Michael is a Strive support coach over at Strive as well. So come check us out. You can join our Discord channel for free, actually. So just email me at stripe method at gmail.com if you want to learn more about the things we talked about today. Michael brother, I gotta go. I've got it's seven o'clock here in the UK. So I gotta go and spend some time with my wife and my child before I go to Say bed. Say hello for me. I will, but it's great to have you on and I'll catch you in the strike community, brother. Okay, thank you very much, Lee. Thanks for listening to the 1,000 Day Sober Podcast. Without you, the listener, there is no podcast. So thank you for stepping up today. Please go to your podcast player, rate and review the show. It will help people. Get to know about it a little bit more and we can save some more lives. I just want to say a special thanks to our producer, Stan, who is currently in the Ukraine. If you would like to help and support Stan and his family, email us at thestrivemethod at gmail.com and we'll find a way to do that. Special thanks to all of our guests who make this show so magical and our Strive family for uniting in our common goal to be people who don't drink alcohol and live self-led lives. And If you want to join us, email us at thestrivemethod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this show, tell somebody about it. You could seriously change somebody's life.
0: Strive on, everybody.